Welcome to another episode of Miked Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. Absolutely loaded show today. I thought coming into this morning, there's not really a whole lot of football to talk about. We're going to have to talk about Broncos Rams on Christmas Day. And then Tom Brady dunks on the NFL once again, announcing that he is going to be going to Fox as soon as his playing days are over, to be their lead analyst with Kevin Burkhart. I, I really like that pairing. I'm very excited about it. As a lot of people have already said on Twitter, I hope Kevin Burkhart's still doing this in 2032 when Tom Brady decides that he's ready to stop playing football. <laughs> I have no, like It could be next year. I think that's a, the kind of the vibe that everybody's thinking. But this could be way down the road as well. But huge news. Uh, with Tom Brady and his future after his playing days are over. You know, I want to be excited about it, but I'm kind of a little skeptical. Like, I mean, I'm excited. It's great. But, like, we've never seen Tom Brady do anything in the media before. Like, he's just done these, like, little clip videos and just interviews and stuff. Uh We've never seen him just, like, live respond to anything or do anything on a mic or be personal more than, you know, 30 seconds at a time in a video with like you know a little stitch that you do on tiktok it's like wow this guy's just so good at social media like you know had had a good week in the football we kicked some ass here's my highlight clip i'm just a little just like we haven't seen it yet the reason why i think it's going to go very well is because we've also never seen tom brady fail and I guess this is the first time I've kind of questioned him on it too, though. So I, there's a little worrisome on <laughs> my how that because works of out it. For you. Exactly. But it's just I don't like that's just my only thing is like maybe he's already done stuff with Fox, and so they kind of you know have an idea. But the fact that you're about to pay this guy twenty to twenty five million dollars a year to be an analyst directly out of playing in the NFL, we might see guys retire early if they can go be on TV. It's kind of crazy. Like honestly, looking at some of the salaries and stuff. Hey, Allegedly, Tom Brady going to make somewhere between twenty and twenty-five million dollars from Fox. Uh, if you remember, like who was it, Aikman and uh, Tony Romo pulling in around eighteen million dollars mm-hmm. to do their gig with ESPN and um, CBS. Now you have Brady kind of upping it to be twenty twenty-five. I bet Aikman's pissed. Be like, are you serious? I just caught up to Romo. For 18 and mil, he better Brady? be pretty happy. <laughs> oh, for sure. But I mean, but these guys are making good NFL money. Troy Eggman obviously played a while ago. He's making more money as an announcer than he ever did as the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm pretty sure Tony Romo's the same. I don't I don't know that he was Probably ever making now. 18 million. It might be close. I don't have his contract pulled up, but I mean it's close, but now you have guys like Tom Brady. He's making 25, let's say he gets the top end, 25 million dollars a year to be the announcer for Fox. That's the same amount of pay that Miles Garrett is getting right now. One of the best pass rushers, one of the best players at one of the most important positions, $25 million per year. Tom Brady's going to get that as an announcer and 
Tom Brady, the announcer, going to make more than Tom Brady, the player. The greatest football player to ever play the game in 2022 is going to make about $15 million, according to uh, SpotRack. Tom Brady, the announcer, 2025. It's crazy the number, the amount of money that's being thrown at these announcers. But you know what? There's only so many of them. I mean, you've got guys like Romo. Now you've got Brady. Uh, Chris Collinsworth, I'm not sure what he's making at NBC. It's, it's got to be pretty good money. And then obviously Troy Aikman at ESPN. And um, you can even throw Kurt Herbstreet in there too, your guy. Yeah. Herb Kurt Street at Amazon. I never. I don't think I ever saw the numbers for that one. I don't think I did either. And when we look at the uh, the numbers for these contracts, by the way, we can pretty much look at what their cap number is. Is pretty much what they made that season, correct? For yes. a player, mm-hmm. kind of combine everything. So Tony Romo's first contract with the Cowboys, his first season, he made two hundred thirty thousand dollars. Two thousand three. Yeah, because was he undrafted or like a sixth round pick or something? Undrafted. Yep. And then in two thousand sixteen, he made twenty point eight million dollars. That was his last year in the league. That was probably his highest paid year. Yeah, it was. And now, man, he's not even on that Jim Nance schedule of doing golf, too. Yeah, he's just $18 million, what, 16 weeks out of a year? Or a million out of 17. the year? So, well, do yeah. they do preseason games? They do a couple preseason games. Yeah. Just to kind of get in the flow of things. But just, man. But still, the NFL schedule, how long is it? Six to eight months? Yeah. Like, right now, what's Tony Romo doing? Golfing. Golfing. That's it. Maybe testing Carrie Underwood. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It, we need to get into a little play-by-play guy. Yeah. I don't know He's, how we start that, but. Good college here. Go steal the job from those students. Hey, get the fuck out of here, kid. Yeah, you're done. Mike's up here. Mike's <laughs> up here. Um, I, I do think Brady is going to do really well, as our guy Brooks puts in the chat. He did the time, Tom versus time thing, and then the man in the arena stuff. I thought he did very well with that. I that's just more of like that's personal talk though, and it's not live. Yeah. So I, I see where you're coming from that one, but I think he's going to be better than Romo immediately. You think he'll be better? I mean, surely he's got to be better than Drew Brees. Like Drew Brees kind of struggled a little bit last year, and that was just yeah. doing like on the desk stuff as well before going into the TV. Like on the desk, mm-hmm. he was fine. Like pregame, postgame stuff, he was okay. But well, it was even soon, like um, as soon as you get into the live aspect and you got to break down something that you see quickly to kind of give a tidbit of information that, you know, the average listener doesn't really know that, you know, you can give info on and then move on to the next subject or play just as quickly. That's the hard part about that. Yeah. I think he'll be fine. I think he's very intelligent. Even with like his social media stuff. I know a lot of people are like whoever's running his account or whatever. Like, yeah, he has probably somebody that helps him do that. That's editing these videos. I bet a lot of the content is his idea, though. I think he's underrated as a creative, entertaining person. I think that Tom Brady is going to be the best color analyst in the NFL <laughs> as soon as he starts doing it. Really? Yep. I, I really – I'm excited about this one. I'm not hard on a lot of the analysts. Like I, I think they've got a very difficult job. Uh, I think Tony Romo sucks. After that, <laughs> I think everybody does a pretty damn good job. I think Tony Romo's, or sorry, Tom Brady's going to be able to step in there. I think he's going to be very funny, but also informative. I don't think he's going to try to do the whole Tony Romo, let me predict plays and stuff like that. I hope he's brutally honest. I think it's going to be a blend between like 
what we're seeing with the Manning telecast, where they can incorporate some stories and analysis of the game and what you're getting with some of the other guys like uh, a Tony Romo. They're like, hey, let me predict every play that's going to happen. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like that fad has worn out now, that nobody's really super impressed by it. Yeah, We know that it's not just like some gimmick that Tony Romo can do. Like Any NFL quarterback can do it. I would like to see Brady kind of come in and be like, okay, hey, this is what I would do in this situation. This is usually what our call is or kind mm-hmm. of what, you know, what was going through my mind. I do want to hear all about that. Yeah. I, even, I even enjoy it when Romo does it. I know it did get out of hand with the whole like predicting plays, and then you started being wrong on the plays, and people just kind of started making fun of you. But I feel and like then the stupid Brady, noises. The stupid noises is really what just has kind of ruined Romo. I can't believe there are minds. still people out there that are like, Tony Romo's the greatest. I don't know if I want to say the greatest, but I still there's part of me that still enjoys t- Tony Romo's like calling of the games. Like I think it does bring in an insight of like from a quarterback that did have some success, did play far into the season, but it's like okay, we can say that about Romo. We absolutely have to say it about Brady. And the next thing is, is I don't want him to be Mister Nice Guy. I feel like that's how Tony was at first. Is he didn't want to say anything. He's rude afraid about to be somebody. negative about anybody. Yeah, I want Brady to just be like, that's a stupid play call. Like, yeah. that was a dumb decision. I don't like how in the world do you miss that throw? Like, that's what I want to hear from Brady. I just want him to be through and through, like, that football player mentality. You bring it into the booth and you just talk about it. But at the same time, you got to be willing to, you know, bring up guys that you necessarily didn't like or that you competed with and just have something to go with it. Yeah. And so, our future pairings, what we're going to have on CBS, it's going to be Jim Nance and Romo. They've kind of been the constant here for a while now, no changes there. Um, on NBC, you're going to get Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth for the Sunday night games. On ESPN, now you have Joe Buck and Troy Eggman. So same team, different network. On Amazon, you're getting Al Michaels and Kurt Herbstreet, which is going to be an interesting one. And then on Fox, it's going to be Kevin Burkhart doing the big games with Tom Brady eventually. I assume Greg Olson is going to step into that role for the 2023 season. I haven't seen anything yet, but I would. That's kind who he was working assumption. with. And Greg Olson also very good. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, he probably should have just been next in line. I get trying to like you're going after Brady. I kind of feel bad for Greg Olson. I feel like if you miss not. on Tom Brady, if you're NBC, then you're happy with what Greg Olson is, and you just bump him up. But you, you kind of have to go after the white whale. And if you're Greg Olson, you're okay with being the second guy. Like, you're okay being the second choice. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, Tom, Tom Brady, Brady and then me. So, like, uh-huh. not a lot of people get to say that. And, you know, even for Greg Olson, if the Brady thing doesn't work out, I do think that he can still continue. Like, I think he's the next in line. Mm-hmm. Chris Collinsworth getting kind of up there. I wonder how long he wants to do this. People are kind of getting negative with old Chris Collinsworth. A I've lot of people understood have, yeah. that. I've yeah. been always fine with him. I've always been fine with him, too. He was a little before my time as a player, Mm -hmm. but I thought he's always done a a pretty good job. But I I wonder how long he wants to do it. He's involved with uh, PFF stuff, right? Doesn't he own? I think he was kind of like the, what is it? He pretty much started it. Yeah. I don't know if he started. I think he bought in. Okay. Though. So I wonder how how much longer he's going to want to do that. With Herb Street, I could see Herbie saying, hey, this has been fun. I can't do both. And I, I think college football is still his thing. So maybe a big payday coming up for Greg Olson, too. Or at least, man, <laughs> go to Fox and be like, hey, the number one guy is getting 20. <laughs> I'm going to need 10 or something. I don't know. I mean, the 
the money that these guys are bringing in is ridiculous. Just looking at our list that we have, do you have a favorite duo, though, of announcers? My favorite is Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. I think Al Michaels and Kirk yeah. Herbstreit are going to be phenomenal. But I also really liked hearing Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth on NBC. I thought that was – like I liked Sunday Night Football just because I got to hear those two talk. Like Al Michaels might be my favorite play-by-play guy. I really like Al Michaels. I do wonder how he's going to do with Herbstreit. Yeah. I'm sure they're like pretty familiar with each other, but I wonder if there's going to be that chemistry. Yeah, they might have some a bit of a learning curve. Yeah. There. Or they just come in and they're just the freaking ultimate pros. And it's like, yeah. okay, wow, this is nice. I do. Ro- I really like both those guys. Aikman and Buck, probably my favorite, which is kind of odd, I think, for uh, the two of us to agree on that one because everyone hates them. Yeah, and so I so many people hate Aikman and Buck. I get it with Joe Buck because it's a regional thing here in our area because he just did talk about the Royals during the World Series, which is just, you guys got to fucking get over it. You want it? We like the Royals won it the next year. Like uh, mm-hmm. he talked about it plenty. Then you know the, the Royals were kind of. To everyone else, it was like, whoa, the Royals freaking made it to the World Series. Okay, here we are. And the area was like, all right, awesome. It's about time. Next year, everyone was on board with it and understood redemption season for the Royals. Troy Aikman, I don't know what he ever did to anybody besides just be a quarterback for the Cowboys and just kind of ride the success to three Super Bowls and then yeah. just have some random things to say on Twitter. Like, even Chiefs fans, like, he questioned something about Patrick Mahomes. And now every time Patrick does something, they just, like, talk about Troy Aikman. It's like, oh, he's already got more touchdown passes than you did in your whole career, like yards mm-hmm. and stuff. It's like just lay off of them. Yeah. Chief it's fans, almost just annoying, to be honest. Chief fans are honestly – they're a bottom-tier fan base on Twitter. They're just so freaking petty. They are. If you and can't, obnoxious. Like, I'm, I like, to be completely honest, like, I'm getting really annoyed with it. I have been like, for a while. More so than I normally have been or would because it's just every single thing you say mm-hmm. was like – that's just a stupid if you tweet criticize and you have like 2,000 likes. It's like it makes no sense to me. Or if you criticize anything that the Chiefs do or question a player, everybody attacks. Like every for most of Chiefs Twitter, everything the Chiefs do is the best thing that's ever happened. Brett Veach is a genius. He never misses on draft picks. If the Raiders do something, it's like, oh, my God, look at this. Can you, can you believe they paid Devontae Adams all this money? It's like, yeah. uh... Yeah. <laughs> you just tried to do the same thing with Tyree Kill, and he said no. Uh-huh. Or say something positive about the Chargers and watch how Chiefs fans react. They are There are a lot of them on Twitter that are the absolute worst, and I'll tell you, most of them are those little fucking beat reporter fan websites. They're terrible. They're There's awful. one in particular that has been brutal lately. I might just mute them because I have – Seen so many of their tweets because I want to see the plot, the replies to it, and see how people are. Uh-huh. And the fact that everyone's agreeing with it is like, oh my god! Like this is too deep into the fan base, to be honest. Yep, and it like it even goes back to like the Josh Gordon stuff. And this is Josh Gordon at every stop of the way. But like, oh my gosh! Like, how many yards is Josh Gordon going to have with the Kansas City Chiefs? Like, is he going to have twelve hundred yards again? No. What do he have? Like, yeah. it goes to before that. Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> yeah. And I was yeah. a little guilty. I was guilty of Le'Veon Bell. I got way too excited for that. I learned my lesson on it. It was like, mm-mm, not doing this again with Josh Gordon. <laughs> like, Hey, I'll tell you who the next one is already. It's Justin Ross. 100%. I was going to bring that up. I am excited about Justin I Ross. I was going to save it for our regional radio that we do, but I almost feel bad for Justin Ross because it's like, let him have time to just be – a guy trying to make it in the NFL. And you see one clip from the, the team post, and it's him, you know, 
on a great slant route, and then you see another one where he kind of like stumbles a little bit. Uh-huh. Like you're going to get a mixture of both of those. It's been a minute since this guy's got to play a full season. I'm not, I don't have any expectations for him this upcoming season. Like, I'll just be completely frank about it. I just don't think the Chiefs should throw him out there or force anything. You have enough receivers. Allow him time to develop. Get used to the speed of the NFL. Back into the just game of football and let it progress. Now, if he plays this year as a stud, I'm going to be right up there at the top just fucking chew, 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 chew. You guys know how I am. But right now, it's just like, just hold up. There's no need for the train to leave the station yet. I think what Chief fans need to remember is that he was undrafted. Yeah. Not like, oh, man, we took a chance on him late. He was undrafted. He's got to worry about just making the team. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very difficult for him. 32 teams passed on Justin Ross. 200 was like 56 times Yep. or something stupid. Uh, so, I mean, we'll see what happens with that. I do think Chiefs, Chiefs Twitter is a bottom five. Jets are the absolute worst. They're in a tier of their own. Yeah. Browns Twitter, if you say anything negative about them, they're pretty bad sometimes. Had some run-ins with them. Chiefs Twitter, they're pretty bad. I'm trying to think of other ones that are notably Browns bad. Twitter's really annoying. Um, 49ers Twitter's bad. Yes. Anything with Massachusetts, like any of the Bostons, are just, they're mass holes for a reason. I don't get it with the Patriots, though. Like, the Red Sox are terrible, but I don't have any problem with the Patriots Twitter. Oh, the Patriots six years ago were was the worst thing ever. Really? Oh, it was so... I've never had problems with the Patriots. Oh, like, anything Tom Brady did, it was just, like... They had something that you could just, like, whatever. Like, they just... They didn't care about anybody but them. Like, at that point, they had realized they were, like, the evil empire... And they were like, we're going to roll with this. Like, nobody is stopping us. Our Death Star is not getting blown up. Like, it's just impossible. And then Tom Brady left, and they kind of got a little humbled. And now you don't necessarily deal with them as much. Yeah, Eagles Twitter has been pretty bad sometimes. I've seen that. Uh, Like, good Twitter, I've never really had, like I said, a problem with the Patriots. I think Bill's Twitter is pretty good. Um, Like, even some of the shit with, like, the Chiefs over the last couple years – there's like that shit talk the week of, but then they'll like donate to somebody's charity. <laughs> yeah. You know, or like, uh, what was it a couple of years ago? Like a player of the Dolphins did something good and like got them in the playoffs. I don't remember the details. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they like donated to his charity or something. Was it Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yeah. 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 It's to the point to where he's like showing up at Bills games. So I've never had a problem with Bills. Packers, Twitter, like even last year, they, they had a lot of shit going on. Who? I feel like they were still pretty good. The Packers with Aaron Rodgers. I feel like the Packers fan base that I interact with on social media are like all good dudes. Exactly. Like genuinely good. Like people. even you would put like I tweet about Aaron Rodgers all the time and how he's shit. <laughs> and Packers fans are like, yeah, he definitely is. Still a really good quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> or like, yeah, maybe he leaves, maybe he doesn't. It's whatever. But you could even like when you report things or when you share an opinion and people don't just immediately trash it. Packers Twitter pretty good. They might be, they might be number one. Yeah, uh, Vikings Twitter. I've never really had. I haven't had much interaction with them. Chicago None of the Bears. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lions. They're just they're so optimistic every year. You almost just feel bad for them. They're just kind of like I learned it from How I Met Your Mother. There's like that. Oh, honey, like the phrase where like just it never goes their way, and so you just kind of feel bad for them. Yeah. That's the Lions for me. 
It's like, honey, I'm sorry. I uh, I like the Ravens Twitter a lot. I've done some like stuff with some of their content nope. guys. I, I think they're great. They are absolutely ruthless. Like they they go back and check receipts. Well, <laughs> yeah, I had, you had some one takes. comment. I had one <laughs> yeah. comment and take, and I mean, I just spent an entire fucking weekend trying yeah. to not even defend my ass. Just have to continue to make the same point to every individual fan, and they were like, "Oh, we we're, we're going to keep notes on this." So then I went back and hit them with the notes. Like, look, told you, like it's just not working out. And then it was just like, "Fuck you, dude. You're a piece of garbage." Now there was one that slid in my DMs. It was like, you know what? I have to be honest, like, I kind of agree a little bit with what you're saying, but, like, as a Ravens fan, it's, like, it's just not going to happen. Like, I'm not going to do it publicly, but, like, here in the DMs, it's cool, dude. I'll give you a follow. And I was like, appreciate it. Follow you back. And, like, that was the whole ordeal. Like, good conversation I'm all about. I don't like to just post stuff and then just be like, screw everybody else. My thoughts better than yours or opinions more important than yours or anything like that. So when a whole fan base came at me that weekend, I was like, Phew. I was not ready for it. Yeah. When you go after a team's quarterback, though. <laughs> well, I mean, was I wrong? <laughs> um, we did have some other NFL announcements. The NFL tried to make a big deal out of it. And again, this I'm happy that Tom Brady just dunked all over him. Broncos, Rams on Christmas Day. Cool. That was, that was supposed to be the big news. Look, I just, hey, the schedule's not going to turn into the draft. You had the draft blow up into be another premium event that doesn't happen during the actual season. The schedule release is not going to be one of those things. No, it's not. And the way they're doing it is making it more confusing and less yes. interesting. If they would have done like a every day of the week, like if you want to make it an entire week thing, release like weeks one through four on Monday. Or, you know, you don't have to do this whole like, hey, CBS announced when one of your games. Like, nobody gives a shit. Was it, it, was it like yesterday? It was like, hey, it's, hey, it was week two of Monday Night Football. Double header. What's week one? Yeah. Let's start there, maybe. So I don't get it. I don't think it's interesting. That is a good matchup that I'm excited for. But, like, for Christmas Day, like, I'm not getting excited about Christmas Day in fucking May. Because you don't have children. I, mean, I love Christmas. Don't, dude, I just took my tree down two months ago. I'm, I might put it back up. I almost That's don't lot, like the but... Christmas Day stuff because that day is it's kind of busy for a lot of people. Yeah, like... Thanksgiving. I've never just sat down and watched a football game on Thanksgiving. I'll be no, really a honest. lot of times I I miss it and I'm like, oh yeah, shit, there is a game on, but it's the fucking Lions. So and then the Cowboys and it's like, all right, cool, you're supposed to win. Yeah. So usually it's like I'll catch the scores. Sometimes that late game, after like all the festivities are done, then I'll catch up and I'm like, oh, okay, let me sit down, mm-hmm. pass out on the couch again and watch TV. So we'll see what happens with the Christmas Day stuff and if it's actually any good. Uh, one thing I can guarantee is going to be good is Roper Kia. Hop in there, check out their inventory online. If they don't have the car of your dreams, they will help you find it, even if it's not on their own lot. And if you mention us here at Miked Up, they will give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. Definitely check them out if you're in the Joplin area or if you're in the market for a new car. Swing on by. Check out Joplin Mo. It's a great little place. And again, mention us here at Miked Up. Save yourself $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. Absolutely. Another place you guys should swing on by to is the old Gunspot website, gunspot.com. For all your gun and ammo needs, no reserved auctions every single week. And one of the best parts about the website is there's no hidden fees when you go to check out, so you don't even have to worry about it. Also, it is not a matter of if, it is a matter of when danger could arise. Make sure you put yourself in a position to protect you and your family, and you can do so with gunspot.com. <laughs> 
Two for two. What do you mean? Did you I hit the pre- niff and the position. Oh, I definitely thought I got position that time. <laughs> Did I say position? Yeah, I actually heard it that time. I, I'm not. I can't argue it anymore. <laughs> you know, I think I said position. I probably said position. Uh-huh. I believe you. I believe you, Melo. I believe. You. Yeah, it happened. Uh, also, NBA basketball last night. This is that was the night that I pay attention tonight. You know what? We'll see. Because honestly, I said those series were done. They're not done. They're tied two two. Maybe I will watch some basketball tonight. But last night, uh, had the Warriors take the three one lead. No Ja Morant. No Steve Kerr. I guess that one kind of balances out. Missing your star player and your head coach? <laughs> I think I'd rather be without the head coach. Yeah, for sure. Than the star player. Sometimes you don't really know who the coach is, so it's fine. Yeah. It's like, And what impact does he really have? Mm-hmm. And Steve Kerr, obviously, he's very good. But, you know, the same thing like with the Grizzlies, they've been so good without John Morant this year. It's kind of worrisome a little bit. It, is, it was or, a close game. They were right there in it. I shouldn't even say worrisome. It's just impressive. The fact that it's like, hey, uh, yeah, we're all right. This right. guy's gonna, Bane's gonna hit about like six threes tonight. We're gonna be okay. Yeah, I think I saw. I looked at the stat sheet earlier this morning. I think like Kyle Anderson was their leading scorer. It's like, what the fuck happened here? <laughs> I was like, going to try. Yeah, Kyle Anderson, seventeen points. Good job, dude. Or I guess they they just highlighted him. I don't even know why he's on there. Seventeen points is their third leading scorer. He kind of stepped up, I guess. He did go seven of eight from the field, but two of seven from the free throw line. Free throws in in basketball, I don't know what happened. When did everybody get so bad at shooting free throws? Man, I don't know. I've been wondering that myself. Like, at ridiculous. what point did it become like a hard shot? <laughs> yeah. Like, and I I was never you know a good three point shooter. I'm or excuse me, free throw shooter. I'm still really not. But, like, I feel like I can get up to the line and at least shoot fifty percent. Uh huh. Yeah, I saw Dan Patrick do it. I think it was last week. Yeah, it's on Tuesday. And he was talking about free throws, too. And he's like, I think I can make this many blindfolded. And he went like 7 or 8 of 10 blindfolded. blindfolded. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. But you got guys in the NBA that can't hit at like 60%. The best basketball players in the world can't hit a free throw at 60%. It's mind-boggling to me how that happens. Uh, The Warriors do lose this one, though. It's 3-1. Good luck coming back on the Warriors when you're down 3-1. Yeah. I feel even more confident about this series saying it's done, but I guess who knows. What do I know about basketball? Uh, but I, I do think that one's probably done. The most exciting game last night was definitely the Celtics-Bucks game, though. I don't know what the hell happened to Al Horford last night. Fountain of Youth, I, he went off for 30 points. He not like... It wasn't even like a quiet 30. Like, oh, man, you kind of forgot about Al Horford, and then he scores 30 points. He was hitting big threes, getting good buckets there at the end, making some defensive plays even, and then had one of the best dunks, I think, of the year. (laughs) Over Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's pretty good at defense, and Al Horford went right to the rack on him. I thought it was phenomenal, and I was even kind of rooting for the Bucs last night. What pissed him off? That's what I missed. Okay, so Giannis had a big dunk minutes before and stared down Al Horford, got a technical for it. It was a soft-ass technical. Shouldn't have been anything. Giannis got the technical? Yeah, Giannis got the tech for staring down Al Horford. And then Al Horford starts doing that like, yep, okay, I see That's the gift that's making its rounds? Yeah, like that, just wait. I got something for you. 
I saw that on live TV and thought, Al Horford, shut the fuck up. Like, you're not <laughs> going up against Giannis. Like, what are you – you're older than I am. Like, just go back to the bench and be a good role player. No, no, no. Al Horford got pissed off, goes off, takes the ball to the rim right over through – I don't even know if over is the right word – through Giannis. And then the stupid thing, too, with the NBA, he gets hit – Giannis gets hit with an elbow on the dunk. He's going up for a block. It's congested in the lane. Gets hit with a little bit of an elbow. And then they call the foul. It's just so stupid. They review it, and they're like, I don't even remember because I was so pissed off. I'm so done with the flagrant fouls. It's, why do we need to stop the game? To be like, all right, let's award this team some buckets. Call it a foul. Cool. Shoot some free throws. Find them after the game. But every time there's, like, contact now in the NBA, mm -hmm. we're reviewing it to see if it's a flagrant. Maybe just even carry on with the game, <laughs> let them keep playing, and then have, like, an official reviewing it while the game goes on. This is what they do with, like, if you have a close three-pointer. They don't stop and like, wait a second, we have to review that. They'll review it, and then when there's the next stoppage, they'll be like, hey, we need to add one point because that was a three and not a two. Do the same with flagrant fouls. Right? Hey, actually, we looked at it. That was a flagrant foul. We're going to have you shoot some free throws. And then restart the game. Huh, that is fair. I just kind of I brings the pace back into the game, yep. And, you know, maybe once you get into, like, the you know last five minutes of the fourth quarter or something in crunch time, maybe then, you know, it's a little bit different, a little more important. But, like, when you're reviewing stuff in the first half, the, you know, the second quarter when it just started, let's catch up at halftime. Well, let's the fact that the it just – it takes so long too, though. Like that's the annoying part. Is like if you could just go look at it, make the call, boom, get back to the game. I'm fine. Yeah. But the moment you take like five to ten minutes of just like real time, it's like okay, now you've had another twenty minutes to the end of the basketball game. Mm -hmm. and when you add twenty minutes to a basketball game, you might as well throw it into an hour. Yeah, and it's tough. And then you get into these late night, like the Warriors game. Uh, I fell asleep, woke up, and had to be like, "What was the score?" So I missed. Most of the first, fourth quarter? Yeah. I didn't get to see it, but uh, apparently the Warriors won. Uh, it, it is tough. And I think, don't think we need to do anything to extend the time of games. And the reviews are, are getting out of hand. I think every league saw like the NFL and what they're doing with the replay reviews. And like, yeah, let's get every call right. Uh, no. Especially in the NBA when so much is just like a quick judgment call. Mm -hmm. We don't need to look at every out-of-bounds, you know, every ball that goes out-of-bounds. Or now we're starting to get to like, man, that foul was kind of aggressive. Should we review it? No, you just carry the fuck on, play the game. <laughs> That's what people want to see. We don't want to see the refs going to these monitors, showing the replay fifty times, and then being like, "Yeah, we're gonna shoot some free throws now." Now I've lost interest. Not really, because I really enjoyed the game last night. But it, it slows the pace down, takes away from the highlights and everything that's good about the game. So I'm not about it. But. Uh, that series does look like it's going to just be incredibly exciting. I thought the Warriors and Grizzlies series was going to be the one. Mm -hmm. it, I think it might be Bucks celtics it's Well, with Jaw going down with an injury, it really puts a damper on what that yeah. series could have mm -hmm. been. So, like, that does kind of sting because even, like you said, like they what, lost by two last night, two or three. Yeah, it's close. It, even without Jaw being there. So, it's like, oh, if he is playing, how much of a difference does that make? But like, I think they win if he plays last night. Yeah. And it, it comes down to a defensive stop by Golden State there at the end of the game. So, like, congrats to them. Defense wins championships, wins you big games. But, again, like you said, Al Horford hitting big shots. It was 5-for-7 from three-point line. 
That's yeah. what's surprising to me. And With then Jason just, Tatum, like as much as we're talking about Al Horford, Jason Tatum, 30 points himself, absolutely dominated the game. Like you get, if you can get Jason Tatum and at least one other player for the Celtics to have a big game, like we saw with Jalen Brown a couple nights ago, it's like you just need one other guy on offense to have a decent night along with Jason Tatum in your set. Yeah, and with guys like Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and then Al Horford coming out of nowhere, they've got some guys that can do it. I really think that – I think it's going to come down to I'm rooting for one of those two teams to win the championship. Yeah. I really like both teams. And like I, Bryce even says, I was loving Al Horford last night. <laughs> but at the same time, I love Giannis. He's probably my favorite player in the league. Yeah. I want to see him win. I want to see Al Horford do this again. Like, great play. Good luck. I don't become, think that's going to happen. Just become like a playoff menace here this year. And he's like, uh-huh. I'm pissed. It's like that, that guy off a of dodgeball. You just piss him off, and he goes off for one match. Maybe this was Al Horford's dodgeball moment. Wasn't Al Horford like the Giannis stopper? Isn't that why the 76ers brought him in? I think a couple years Was ago, that we need a guy that can stop Giannis. Yes. Better get Al Horford. A defensive presence. <laughs> yeah, which is still pretty good. Um, obviously, went off on the offensive end last night, too. It, you know, just good for him. I, I mean, the Florida team that he played on way back in the like early 2000s, he's still going. Mm-hmm. He was kind of like the the afterthought on that team. It was like Corey Brewer, Joe Kim Noah. Everybody's like, "Oh, they're going to be superstars." Here's Al Horford, <laughs> old as balls, still getting buckets in the NBA and getting freaking paid too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So good for them. Uh, Al Horford wasn't the only big man making news last night. Uh, I don't know when this happened. I saw it starting to trend yesterday. Rudy Gobert coming out and saying, "I could lock up Shaq." And I saw the tweets, and I immediately thought, like, does he mean current Shaq? Current Shaq, about 450 probably, not moving very well. Rudy Gobert could probably stop him. He's kind of in the prime of his career. I think a lot of people forget about how good Shaq was in his prime how, I mean, and how good he could have been. All those highlight clips are coming back of Shaq on just dunking over everybody. Yeah, and that was the, the one I saw, too. And if you take a close look at who he's dunking over, I know there's the one who's like the scrub from the Knicks who's a big white guy. Shaq shoves him over. Okay, I get you. That one, he shouldn't have been on the court. But you've got like Alonzo Mourning out there. Mm-hmm. Patrick Ewing. My guy David Robinson. That's what I was going to say. The Kimbe Mutombo. Like, the, he played in the era of dominant big men. And those are just the centers. I'm not even talking about you know, the power forwards, the Dennis Rodmans, Carl Malone. He got a little bit of Tim Duncan in there even. Yeah. Like, he had the Yao Ming. He had I mean, the best of Yao the best. Ming. Yeah, him <laughs> and an, Yao Ming for a minute was like, look at this duo. That go. first game, Yao Ming came to the NBA, and everybody was like, he's going to be the answer for Shaq. He's going to be the counterpart. And even me as a kid thought, you guys are fucking crazy. This is Shaq. <laughs> and Yao Ming... Gave him work in that first game, and I thought I can remember watching it, thinking I was wrong. Yao Ming is going to take over the NBA. He's going to be the new Shaquille O'Neal. Yep. Maybe if it weren't for all those foot injuries, he would have been. I think another thing with Shaq, though, that a lot of people also forget that dude was never in shape, <laughs> ever. Like when he was with the Magic, he was. Yes. He got to the Lakers and decided, you know what? I'm actually done working out. He wasn't working on post moves in the offseason. 
He wasn't working on cardio or bringing in trainers and dietitians and paying million dollars to take care of his body. He was getting to game 40 and then being like, yep, I'm good. I can play 30 minutes. Shaq can play now. <laughs> the diesel's ready. He dominated while being lazy and out of shape. And it's just that freaking spin move that he had was just so quick. Like he could come down the middle of the lane, act like he was going to go to the right or the left, vice versa, and then hit a spin and then dunk right out. Like and that was body him. That was Shaq. No, he bodied the shit out of you. He was two of you. Yeah. I think he could have been, and he might be, the most dominant player in NBA history. It's hard to argue against that. I mean, honestly, Can you imagine? because he's just so powerful. Like, every single one of these dunks that I'm watching right now, yeah. I found a highlight clip on Twitter that I'm just rolling through. Imagine Shaq listens to Kobe Bryant. He's like, you know what, Kobe? I'm going to work my ass off this offseason. I'm going to trim up a little bit. I'm going to get stronger. My stamina is going to be better. Like, if Shaq put in the work that guys like LeBron and Kobe do, did in the offseason, he'd, he'd be Wilt Chamberlain. He'd be scoring 50 points a game, grabbing 20 rebounds. You think but it would he, been that he much came more? in old and out of shape every season. <laughs> and even in the playoffs, like, yeah, he was in game shape, but he wasn't doing all that extra stuff. To like, yeah, He wasn't working on free throws or a jump shot or anything. He was just like, I'm Shaq. I'm dominant. I'm going to continue to do that. It's like when we talk about Zion, like he's just pretty content being who he is right now. <laughs> yeah. Shaq was the original of like, yeah, nobody can stop me, so I'm not really going to work on getting any better. I just don't understand how you can be Rudy Gobert and then look at Shaq and know what he did and accomplished in the NBA and have the words, I would lock his ass up, come out of your mouth. <laughs> or yeah. to like, it says via Instagram, to even type that out. <laughs> to allow that thought to go through your mindset of, I would lock his ass up. Even he would, he would throw Rudy one Gobert. elbow in your ribs. Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal has teabagged more individuals in the NBA. More Hall of Famers. Yes, than fucking Rudy Gobert's ever seen. Uh-huh. Like that's the thing. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. And for Rudy Gobert, like I it's a tough situation when you're asked that question. I assume he was asked. He didn't just bring it up on his own. I hope to God not. <laughs> you almost have to just be like, man, I Love the opportunity. I'd love to see what it was like. But nobody has ever locked up Shaq, ever. And again, it's not like he was facing scrubs in the early 2000s, 90s. Dikembe Mutombo, one of the best big man defenders of all time, couldn't hold Shaq. David Robinson couldn't hold Shaq. Alonzo Mourning, like those guys were all very good defenders. Patrick, so I guess it was. Size. You know who we, I haven't even mentioned? Hakeem Olajuwon. I was going to mention that earlier, but I felt like for some reason I was going to be wrong, so I kept it to myself. But, yeah, Shaquille O'Neal also took care of Hakeem Olajuwon in the post. Yeah. Like, there's a clip, actually, I just saw. I found another tweet. So, uh-huh. apparently this whole thing started with Shaquille O'Neal coming on a podcast, the big podcast with Shaq. Shaq sounded off on Gobert and a th- being a three-time defensive player. Other year would have no chance of shutting him down. The Jazz Center responded to O'Neal's assertion in the comments section, I would lock his ass up. So there is a possibility where he's just coming back and like this is just like I would lock his ass up. Ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I would have found a different – like I would have thrown in an emoji, like a laughing emoji, like to let, just let people know oh. I am kidding. Yeah. 
Because there's Next like, question, please. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I didn't. I tried to like monitor what Shaq had to say about it last night, uh, but I didn't catch it. I'm sure that he mumbled something. And the whole the whole thing started too was after Neil's comments that started because Spice Adams told Shaquille Neil, I think Rudy Gobert could hold you to like 12 points. Yeah. And he go, <laughs> Shaq responded with, yeah, in the first three minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it would be. And I'm not line. even like a big Shaq fan. I I was more Kobe I than love Shaq him. when they I had him. I freaking love him. David Robinson, one of my favorite NBA players of all time. So like I liked him more than Shaq. But at some point, you got to be real. And like remember who Shaq was. I, I think still who, who he still is. He might not be able to dunk, but like – He's still going to body the shit out of you in a post. Like, the dude still works out. Like Maybe. He's in decent shape. He he did lose weight to get into the shape that he is now. Because for a while, he did get a little little plump mm-hmm. in the world of Shaq. And then he kind of got himself back in shape where he's a little bit more fit and active. When he's he still massive. Magic, but... When he was with them, if he could have sustained that body type for his whole career, because he, he added a bunch of weight as a Laker, if he could have, if he could have played at that weight, which looked to be probably like two eighty, three hundred pounds, I don't know how you would have stopped him. I don't Do know how much he weight, weighed as a Laker. He had to be at least three fifty. Do you think that's weight? The weight is what made him so like dominant, though. Is like he just pushed everybody else out of the way. Yeah, in his strength. I mean, he would lean on people, and it's mm-hmm. like I can't hold up three hundred and forty pounds. And then he'd rock a spin move, and you're like, where the fuck did he go? Like, oh. He's, <laughs> Hey, there's gone. the rim coming down at me <laughs> once again. He's he's one of the best, like I said, most dominant basketball players of all time. And again, he did all of it while being out of shape. What is the opposite of pulling the chair? Because usually as a defender, it's like, hey, you know, kind of like push up against them. And then when they go to lean back, you know, you kind of pull the chair, let them fall backwards. You can steal the ball and go. With Shaq, like the defender's leaning so far forward to kind of keep him upright so he doesn't just lean back. And then Shaq disappears. We just call that a face plant? Yeah, uh, he just had the balance to, if he tried that on you, your ass is going to get shoved over like that dude for the Knicks whose name I can't remember. <laughs> Didn't he go on to be like a mayor's, like a governor or something? I'm not sure. I don't think it was a governor, but I think he ended up going to be like a political person. I can't even think of his name. It's the player that Shaq just pretty much dunks over, kind of yeah. like puts his legs around his shoulders and whatnot, and the guy picks up the ball and throws it at him. Yeah. Bold move. Yeah. Bold move. Throw He's lucky he missed. <laughs> Imagine if you would have hit him. Oh, like, it would have been an immediate, like, exactly. a little sibling fight of, like, okay, hey, I'm sorry. I was mad at ping pong. I threw the paddle at you. Did I, did I want to hit you? Yes. Do I now immediately regret the fact that it hit you? Also, yes. Mm-hmm. I've been in those moments before. Yeah. Even watching, like, now I'm watching the Shaq highlights, too. Imagine if he worked on his ball handling. <laughs> he did or, have that one little crossover, just one itty bitty crossover. If he crossover. could hit a ten foot jumper, <laughs> there's nothing you can do against him. It would have been Giannis before Giannis. Yeah, I mean, it would have been absolutely crazy. It'd be like if Giannis weighed 320 pounds, which I don't know that he can ever get to that size. He's just too lean. Yeah, but man, it would be absolutely crazy. But he's dominated. You know, I, some say Shaq has dominated just as much as the Club 6 and 9 happy hour has. I don't know if I'm ready to go there yet. Club 6 and 9 happy hour dominating. Um, pretty established there. Happy hour from 2 o'clock until 8 o'clock every weekday. And then 
You can get that happy hour from 11 a.m. till 8 p.m. on Saturdays, which is a two-for-one drink special, $2 draft pours, and they do mean two drinks for the price of one. They will bring you two of them. If you're not an alcoholic like me, you can even say, hey, I'll take my second drink later. I don't need both of them right now. Or you could be like me and just take both drinks right then, right there. Delicious drinks, great happy hour, uh, funky art, a little bit of something for everyone at Club 609. Absolutely. Uh, first off, you're not an alcoholic. And two, no place. <laughs> I don't mean that. I'm actually not. I do like to drink. I'm pretty good at it. I don't rely on it. <laughs> I was like, man, we don't make those jokes. <laughs> <laughs> don't want the sponsors are going to drop us. They yeah. an alcoholic now. <laughs> like, oh, things are up. <laughs> I'm not even that drunk right now. No, not even a little bit. You just you balance it off with a little marijuana. But next up, located right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri, on First and Main Street, is Downtown Lube. Be sure to visit them at downtownlube.com for their full list of services. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So like I said, visit their website, downtownlube.com, for that full list and any contact information you need just to kind of you know give them a call and see what everything would cost and everything like that. Also, it's not a matter of if it is a matter of when you're going to need your oil change or your tires service. Make sure you get that done and taken care of right here in Joplin, Missouri at Downtown Loop. Now, for a little bit of Tell the Truth Tuesday for you guys. Uh, last week, we were talking about bike racks for some reason, and we decided to save it until today for Tuesday. I teased, I just got to be honest, I teased mentioning another one. I don't know if I'm ready. We talked a lot about the spider bite yesterday. I don't know if I'm ready to share it. It's it's pretty embarrassing, borderline illegal. Wait, this whole th- spider bite story with the nurse? Yeah. Well, I mean, Let's if you're going to tease us, I'll like... See. We'll see how I'm feeling. See how I'm feeling. Let's, you start with your bike. Your you bike you bike want me story. to start? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I mentioned it Thursday. Uh, what was it? What's the Thursday segment called again? Think or Think Out Loud Thursday? Yeah. Started going off about bikes and stuff, and I was like, you know what? Actually, I do have a decent bike story because as a kid, grew up in a small town. You know, I had some neighbors that were my age. We had other kids in the town, and we just would ride our bikes everywhere. Like, that was just kind of the thing. In the summer, you'd ride your bike up to the tire shop. You'd get a pop. You'd bring it home. You, you know, you'd go get lunch at the Bulldog Cafe. So we always had a bike, and every Christmas, Santa also brought us new bikes. So it was just like this constant you know, just having a bike from about the age to seven to age 12. Well, there was some nights where, you know, we'd all get together on our bikes and we'd have these like races or whatnot. And the way that our backyard was set up is that it would go by the, like the driveway would come of course off the street and then it would go all the way down past the house into the backyard to a shop. And then it would round off into like a half circle and then come back to the initial driveway and then, like, lead back up to the house. So you could just kind of go through the, like, you could pull into the driveway all the way past the house, take a loop, and then come back out the same path that you went down. Well, at a certain point in the yard, we had this massive tree, and that was our starting point in our finish line, and you would just take one lap because by the time you got there, you'd be going fast enough that when you came off the loop, you could kind of coast around the turn and then pedal real hard through the rest of the straightaway for the race. And in the midst of our yard, it was so big that when it rained, it would like kind of puddle up. So we had this concrete culvert through the middle of the yard as well. And it was kind of like this little bridge. And sometimes when it would rain hard, like the rocks would just kind of run away and it would be almost like this ramp setting. So you could kind of ramp your bike off of it and then through past the tree to end a race. So 
one night, all of us kids, we have our bikes. It's me, my neighbor, your younger siblings, and then my neighbor's cousin. And this kid was just was not a good student in school. He was kind of a rough kid. He's just dumb? In 100%. But dumb. he just embraced every single bit of it. Like, that's just who this kid was. So we set up this race, and it's just it's a nice, perfect summer evening. We're excited to have the race. We've been talking about it all day, and the time comes. We show up. Here we are. We line up at the tree. We take the race. We start off, and my neighbor always won like every race. So it was just like a guarantee, like, all right, whatever. Dumb and fast. Yes, but the bike that I had, I was like, like <laughs> this bike is fast. Like we're, I'm going to win this race. And so it comes down to the wire for him and I. We go to the straightaway. We hit the loop, and when we come back to the straightaway, my tire hits like some loose rocks kind of off into the grass, and I crash hard. Neighbor gets the straightaway, hits that culvert like I mentioned earlier, kind of ramps it, crosses the finish line, wins. His cousin, who is behind me, is like directly behind me as I crash and doesn't have anywhere else to go. And like I said, with this concrete culvert that's there, that is where my head is like on. This dumbass ramps, I mean physically ramps off of my head between that concrete culvert. <laughs> that explains a lot. And gets into second place and fucking just celebrates this. But I just remember crashing my bike and then just feeling a tire run over it. And then hearing the words, yee-haw, <laughs> as he crosses the fucking finish line. Was your neighbor Ricky Bobby? <laughs> no. No. But was this kid, I mean, I it was just... I want to go fast. Like, that time? is just, like, the hype that built that came around this freaking race. And to get there and you think, I'm going to get, like... I'm almost going to win. Like, I'm in a good position. Boom, you wreck. And then just thump, thump, right off the head and just yeehaw as this kid fucking finishes the race. And it was like, that was like the worst bike wreck I ever had in my life as a kid. And my mom was terrified. I mean, like, laying in just, I don't even remember exactly what happened. I just <laughs> remember coming back to and like, I'm in the house with this ice pack wrapped around my head. She's on the phone with the hospital. Like, do I need to bring him in? Is he okay? And then after that, it was like about the memory of it. My mom still talks about it to this day. I'm like, it was probably one of the most scared times she's ever been with me just in an From accident, a bike in an incident. Dude, my head got ramped off of between a bicycle tire and a concrete culvert. I've never had like super bad bike wrecks, I guess. Uh, Captain Coordination. I don't know. What are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> I did have one, but I can remember like some really bad ones that I saw other people have. I can remember being like six years old, maybe. I think it was in kindergarten. And one of our neighbors was walking on the street and like her friend was riding a bike with her. And he kept kind of like doing laps around her because like she was walking. He was on a bike. Mm -hmm. uh, but he kept just doing circles around her as they were talking and stuff like that. And then he like was speeding up and got going faster. And he accidentally was, he was actually talking to me and he accidentally hit her. And he hit her right behind the knee. And I saw her leg bend like one of those super gross injuries. Ooh. I thought she was dead. She tore her ACL uh, because her friend hit her right in the back of the knee. But that was the first time I'd ever seen like a bad injury and a leg bend in a way that it wasn't supposed to. And I, I thought she was dead. Like I think it was my fault, but they called an ambulance. Ooh. <laughs> and, like, I had to like come get her all over a torn ACL. And at the time, that was career suicide, though. I mean, if you were in the NFL, you were done for. You had to retire. Uh, she was just like a 13-year-old girl, so who knows what happened with her life. That was disgusting, though. Terrible bike wreck. Ugh. And, this, like, she was screaming. She was crying. 
She was obviously scared. She just got hit by a bike. That one was really bad. Uh, I was dating a girl one time, and we were, like, trying to do, like, active things outside. And I was like, I don't – I'm not, like, going jogging with you or anything like that. I don't do that. Uh, but I'll, like – we can go on bike trails. Like So we started doing, like, a little bit of, like – I wouldn't call it mountain biking, but, like, just riding bikes on a trail. Mm-hmm. And so we were doing that, and – we were pretty active, but sometimes the trails would be pretty busy and you'd have like people walking, you'd have to kind of maneuver around them and stuff like that. One time we were on a trail and she went to like, there were people walking towards us. So we went to be like single file, but we didn't know which one of us should be in the front and which one of us should be in the back. So then she speeds up to get in front of me. And as she's coming in front of me, her back bike tire hits my front bike tire and kind of turns her a little bit like that, like that cop move that they, yeah. but on bicycles, you hit that little back bumper. <laughs> and she was going a little bit fast. She didn't tip over anything, but she rode straight off the trail down a hill, like, like a cartoon <laughs> right down the hill, like into some trees and bushes and shit. And, uh, she was like, why, why'd you do that? How come you hit me? Like I'm scrapped, I'm scraped up. I'm bleeding a little bit. It was like, it wasn't my fault though. Yeah. She hit me as she merged over. <laughs> it's not my fault that I outweighed her by so much and didn't move or budge and that she got turned. I mean, she went right down the hill, just <laughs> right down. See you I, later. I thought she was gone forever. She wasn't, she should have been, but she wasn't my worst bike wreck though is I ran track in high school, but I only did it so I could work out in the spring for football or basketball or just whatever. Like, if you wanted to be in the uh, the weight room, the track team was always in there. So I finally, like, talked to the track coach. She's like, hey, I just want to come and work out. And, like, I, I don't want to run. I'm not fast, especially on a track. I just – it's not for me. Mm-hmm. So he's like, come be a thrower. Like, just work on some throws and stuff like that. You still go to the track meets. You still go uh, lift weights. Do everything that you want to do. So that's what I did. I threw the shot put and the discus, and I didn't throw either one of them very far. So I was just there to work out and go talk to girls. And finally, he like he brings in this like expert shot put thrower who like had some success one day, and he's given us this speech. And he's like, for throwers, usually pretty bigger guys and girls, it's like if you can do something sitting down, if you can do a workout sitting down or a stretch sitting down. Do it. There's no reason for you to be up on your feet. And I, that's the takeaway that I had from it. So I can remember he the track coach wanted us to run like a mile one day. He's like, hey, you guys have to do some kind of conditioning, like run a mile. And I'm like, that's not really what I signed up for. Like, I don't, I don't want to do it. I didn't say that to him. But one of the other like really good shot put throws was like, hey, remember that guy that came in? He said we shouldn't be doing stuff on our feet if we don't have to. What if we just rode bikes instead of running a mile? And the track coach agreed to it. He's like, if you guys all bring in bikes, you can ride. I think we had to ride like two miles instead of running one mile. So, of course, we were just riding around town goofing off the whole time. And we were doing this like four days a week. (laughs) And eventually it got to the point to where like we're feeling pretty confident again. Like I'm like a junior maybe in high school. Like we're just starting to do like ramps and tricks and like, oh, who can still ride their bike with no hands? Who can ride a wheelie and stuff like this? But I haven't ridden a bike in a good couple of years. And so I'm trying to ride a wheelie 
and I popped the handlebars up and I get it for a good couple. And then when I went to put the, the front wheel back down, I had been laughing and I turned the wheel. So when it hit the ground, it was sideways and all my momentum sent me flying over the handlebars as a, like a full grown kid, like 17 years old, probably. I bet I went like 10 feet. It just rolled down the road. I've got like still like a scar on my elbow and like I've got like road rash on my shoulder from it. Nobody can even check on me because everybody's just dying laughing. Thank God I wasn't seriously injured. But it was funny. It was super embarrassing. But I did, I went right over. Did you line. ever uh, have to deal with like your chain popping off your bike? Oh yeah, man. That the last time that ever happened to me, it was honestly the last time I rode a bike like around town. It was my just graduated high school. I was going to go to college, and my sister was like, "Hey, we have these like once again. We got bikes for Christmas. It was like the last time we had them." And I was like, "All right, cool. Like I wanted a bike anyway, so I could ride around campus from class to class." Um, which was a phenomenal idea, by the way. I actually loved that I did that. She's like, let's go in town, ride our bikes. It's been a long time since we've done it. I was like, you know, that's actually a good idea. It's nice outside. Let's do it. We load the bikes up in my truck. We live down the country. We go in town. We're riding the bikes. We take a lap around town, just kind of reminiscing as kids. And I do the old stand up and pedal on the bike because mm-hmm. we got this little incline of a hill. And I'm pedaling. I'm not pedaling that hard, and I'm not going that fast. And my chain snaps and my feet just like immediately switch places because my foot that was up immediately becomes a foot that's down. And I am just launching up over the handlebars. And like I catch myself, I hit the asphalt, and then I slide into someone's driveway. And I'm embarrassed and pissed. So I just take my bike. I'm like, fuck this piece of shit and just throw it into the ditch. And then my sister's like, well, now what are you going to do? I was like, I'm fucking walking. And I left my bike there and walked the rest of the way through town with her back to my truck. <laughs> I can remember that. That was time the last time I rode a bike. I saw somebody put a stick in another person's bike tire, like in their spokes. You know, that's a bucket list for me. I just want to do that to somebody. I just want to throw a stick into the, like the bike pegs and just see what happens. You say that. You better be prepared for them to lose some teeth. <laughs> it is hilarious though. <laughs> like, it's so mean. It's so aggressive. Like either that or throw a stick in front of someone like riding a skateboard and just like thunk. I saw one of my neighborhood friends again as a child, obviously, because we're riding bikes, uh, do it to his brother. They were really they were like a year or two apart. They were great apart. And what, the older brother's like, Hey, you want to see something really funny? And he's like, Hey Brandon, see if you can ride and ramp this thing. He was standing right in front, like right by the ramp. And as his brother is approaching, he throws this big stick right in his bike <laughs> spokes. And Brandon, the younger, dumber one, just goes flying too. Like, I think he might have made it on to like part of the ramp to where his trajectory was upward. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a body get that high off of a bike. And just thought, "Why wow, I'm never riding a bike with these two idiots ever again. Did he break anything? Who knows? He was too dumb to break a bone. You know, there's some of those kids that just, you're too dumb to actually get hurt. The kid that ramped off my head, and that's just a perfect <laughs> perfect way to explain them. Yeah, yeah. A uh, couple ooh, couple uh, members of the chat before ooh. we finish up today. Um, legend has it, BC could say if properly before the bike rank. <laughs> I probably could. I could probably do a lot properly. Uh, and um, your boy Jonas is back. Oh, look at Austin that. Austin wonders why he crashes on a bike. Hmm. <laughs> A knife and a sticker about the How long same. has Jonas been around? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> been here a minute. All right. He's been with you uh, for a while. Man, I had some weird dreams again last night. I don't remember him now. 
Really? I woke up thinking, I should talk about that on the podcast. You know, I got spooked uh, Saturday night. I woke up about, ooh, 4 o'clock in the morning. Didn't realize my closet door was open and saw, like, a white shirt that I had planned on wearing that I didn't end up. But I had it, like, hanging in my closet to where it was, like, kind of facing me. So it was, like, rotated a little bit. And, dude, I thought it was someone standing there. And I let I, I screamed to GD, like, at I, 4 uh, in the morning. It was not a good situation. To it's be hot in. where we are now. Like, it's in the 90s. Uh-huh. So I had to turn my air conditioning on for the first time this year. And, like, you know, your house just kind of makes weird noises anyway. But I feel like the noise that my air conditioner makes, my it's different than, like, the heating. Mm-hmm. It's louder. For some I don't reason. know why it's got to be, like, like when such it pops a lo- on. Yes. Why has it got to be so loud? Like, you go, thunk, uh-huh. and then it's like, yeah. like why does it have to so be So having the, that? the AC going, maybe that's what creeped me out, too. I will tell you guys um, – if I do ever, if I go missing, I got new neighbors, and I didn't mention this yesterday. I was outside on Sunday doing some yard work and stuff, and I look up, and I see my neighbor standing outside smoking a cigarette, and he's just staring at me, staring at me. So two things. He either wants to fuck me or he wants to kill me, <laughs> and I'm not down for either one, so just like – if I don't show up, or if I'm like a little bit late, or you, you've texted me and I don't respond, it's the house to the right. It creeped me out. It what about the one to the left? The left is a creepy one. Not anymore. Oh man, no, we got bigger issues. He's an older guy. Maybe, maybe he wasn't looking at me. He was though, for sure. Like I know he was. I can try to explain it away. It was weird. It was weird. So huh. that's another Tell the Truth Tuesday. Uh, hey, good luck, man. Know. But, hey, at least he's flying that Chiefs flag in his front yard, so I got <laughs> that going for me. That's it for us today. Uh, we do appreciate you guys joining us. As always, Jonas, good to see you again. Good to hear from everybody in the chat. Again, get the podcast right here in the call-in app at 10 a.m. Central Time if you can. Get involved with the live chat. Ask your questions. Share your Tell the Truth Tuesdays. Tomorrow we're going to have Would You Rather Wednesday. I'm sure that the NFL will release some game that we're really not that excited about. Or you know, maybe CBS Tom Brady tomorrow. will decide that he's going to play for five more years and announce that. But we do appreciate you guys joining us again. 10 a.m., the call-in app, live chat, best place to get the show. We appreciate you guys, and we will talk to you tomorrow.